from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. There's a lot going on and we have a lot to talk about. We're going to continue our series today about a free agent that we would like to see. Whether, you know, it's easy or not, that's a whole different story, but... Somebody that would fit this roster and help them out. We're going to get to that coming up, as well as a discussion about some of the big guys, the guys that are going to have to protect Patrick. That's coming up as well. And the avalanche has begun. We're going to get into that here right now. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate that. And there is plenty to talk about when we start letting Start getting into the bloodletting that is starting right now in the league. <laughs> the leeches are out and uh, things are, are getting squashed, right? Uh, Pretty much. And it's not surprising. And honestly, you have to wonder. I did see somebody tweet out. I think I, Diana Rossini maybe tweeted out that she talked to an NFL exec and, she, and they're expecting a bloodbath next week. I saw and retweeted that same tweet and... That is really starting to be telling because we knew there was going to be a lot of movement. We knew there were going to be cap casualties, but to have execs and coaches be just ready for, I think they termed it a massacre, right? Like this is going to be um, what I tweeted at the time was, was really a, a redefinition across the league is what it feels like to me, because there's going to be a high volume of guys that are out there looking for new homes, maybe even more so than you and I thought. Yeah, it's possible. And one of the other things that I think has been pointed out is that it's, it's really interesting. The cap is going to go down, but the RFA tags aren't changing, which means you have to wonder if teams are going to consider not tagging people that they normally would because the cap isn't adjusting for it. Mm-hmm. That's certainly in it. And then there's talk of, of Amazon wanting exclusive rights to stream some games. Like there's a couple of things. Maybe the reason we don't know what that cap number is because they don't know it yet either. There's still deals to be had, possibly, that changes the bottom line number. Yeah, potentially. And you have to wonder, you know, when that's all going to come out. And obviously, they've got to have it figured out in the next two weeks. Uh, So that'll be something that they'll be discussing. But there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be released. Uh, And honestly, one of the names that popped up today was Jared Cook. And it's kind of funny because. He was going to be a free agent next year no matter what, but they released him now. Uh, it almost seems like maybe they're giving him a chance to sign before, you know, the money dries up. Possibly. I mean, and he needs a little bit of advantage, I think. What do you say? 48 years old or something. So he's pushing it there. Um, it's an interesting. I know he's had plays against the Chiefs, but at his age and his output, I'm not sure how well that fits in. It, Maybe I would well, take him over Rudolph and uh, and his old teammate Hill because th- there's three wide. Uh, I'm sorry, tight ends out there that have been released that maybe you could look at. It depends on the deal they're willing to sign. I would take Cook at a vet men deal or just a little bit more. Give him some incentives that gives you a better person to be behind Kelsey. Yes, it's not anywhere near Kelsey, but it's still better than anything you have. I mean, it's way better than anything you have. And at least you know he can be productive in an NFL offense. There is that. So, you know, um, especially as a second fiddle, I, I can I can get down with that. Especially, like you said, if it is economical for the team. And I think that's what we heard from Brett Veach earlier in the week is certainly playing into that in that there's going to have to be some things that once they get down under the cap, and I am expecting here in the next five-ish days to hear some announcements. 
about either extensions or restructures that they've got been able to get done in order to get to that gap. And then they have to start building back up. And certainly um, not only the offensive line, but the weapons have to be part of it. And that tight end position would be uh, maybe target number one at this point. Yeah, could be. And uh, the one thing I will say is I don't know that we're going to see Kansas City have a lot of bloodletting. Uh, I just don't really know that they're going to have guys that they're going to go and release. Uh, but, I mean, it's always possible, so we'll see. Hopefully, with if they can get multiple restructures and or extensions done, and we went all over those last week, folks. There's about four or five targets that you could maybe try to get that done. If they can accomplish that in in, say, three of them, they can probably not have to cut anybody and still have room for their draft class and, and maybe a free agent. But if not, and, then yeah. Well, and I mean, one of the big things that they talked about, Beach mentioned as well, is that they want to have Matthew here for years. To me, he's a prime candidate to extend and drop his number. Yeah, we said that last week, and Brett Veach confirmed that just the other day. So that would be the first thing that I'm waiting to see and I expect to see. So hopefully they can get that number. Yeah, and by the way, I know we're talking about cap, but I just want to say this because I saw this tweeted out as well. The Bills are now suggesting a rule change and not allowing coaching changes or coaching hires to happen until after the championship games. It's like Brandon Bean was listening to you. I know, right? <laughs> I do I do find it funny if, you know, people are saying, you know, you have to read into that a little bit and they have to think that people or the Bills are saying that maybe their offensive coordinator was distracted, which to me I think is kind of a crap excuse, but whatever. It is what it is. It's going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> one way or the other. Um I I don't have any problem with it. We'll see if it actually passes. And speaking of passing, we have some things that we have to get to and passing on what could be a player that we like for this roster. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is a fun one because we kind of went over what the defensive end situation was yesterday uh, with Frank clearly being the leader of that group, the leader of the, of the defensive line, I think, in terms of vocality anyway. But you got to get more pressure. At the end of the day, that's what the Super Bowl came down to. That's what a number of games came down to is just not getting enough pressure. And I don't think you can ask more of Chris Jones. So it's not like you can supplement inside. I think Sean Wharton has uh, an ability, I think, probably to get better at pass rush as well. But you could see a pass rushing 
defensive tackle come onto the roster as well. But the, the big lacking thing is pressure from the other side. And I think if you are not sold on that young class in the draft, I think there's one guy that stands out to me, somebody that um, had some ties with a discussion with Tyron Matthew last offseason, uh, returned to his former team and, and continued to put out. I think he's a guy that has shown up against the Chiefs as well, and, and that's not necessarily saying that that's got to be the, the format, but it certainly does stand out. And I think if you're going to have to move salary cap around in order to get something done, a last ditch for a guy approaching, he's going to be 29. I think Judon, uh, formerly of the, of the Ravens, is somebody to look at because I think that he can get it done and does bring some edge across from Frank. Man, if they could go get Matt Judon, that would change his defense. Uh, I will say that without a doubt in my mind. I, I think that, that could be a fantastic signing for them. Uh, the question is, what's the money you're going to take? Mm-hmm. That's the big key. And I hate going back to that every single time, but really that's what it comes down to is can you make the money work? Well, this year of all years, it, it's got to be the key because, I, I mean, you can look at some of the other, you know, quote unquote linebackers that are available. You know, he really is an end and can play from the down position. If people are going to tell you bring Justin Houston back, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. This 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 organization isn't going to bring Justin Houston back into the fold. I can all but guarantee that. Um, and honestly, he hasn't fallen off as as much from when he was in with the Chiefs uh, while he was with the Colts. Um, so I, I wouldn't even hold that against him. People are going to bring up Jadavian Clowney. No, don't go near him. Not an option. Shaq Barrett's going to get paid as well as anyone. <clears throat> Shaq Barrett's going to get paid better than the guy that he used to back up Von Miller, in my opinion. So it really does come down to Judon's the guy that's under 30, that doesn't have an injury history like Bud Dupree, that you can see putting out uh, consistent performance and stats. Um, I don't think anybody wants to take a chance on Yannick Ngakwe. I think he's a little bit uh, different than what Spags is looking for to begin with, but he's also the only other guy that's like under 30 that I think you could legitimately look at, I think he's going to get paid a ton too. So it becomes for me, and this is where you got to clue me into your thoughts is moving contract around, whether it's restructures or whatever, or possibly a cut in order to get um, pass rush in general, but Judon specifically onto the roster to help out with that pass rush. Is that a priority? Is that something that they have to do? Or is it just a, something that if they can get it done, it's great. I think I'm leaning towards more. It's if they can get it done, it's great. And mainly because you start looking at what Judon would change for this roster and they would give him somebody that can, you know, get a little bit of pressure on the quarterback, although he only had six sacks in 2020. So it's not like they're putting somebody that's getting 10 sacks consistently across from Frank Clark. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where where you would wish that uh, you could do you could get more production. Uh, the problem is, is I just don't know that you're going to be able to pay a guy to get more production than, you know, six, seven, eight sacks a, a season and still be able to, to keep your the rest of your roster together. Yeah, it's 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 a tall, tall order. And I know people are going to say Solomon Thomas. He was on that San Francisco line. Bring him in. He's inconsistent. He's inconsistent availability, a number of things. I think at the end of the day, somebody that you want motivated, somebody that you know that can attack in the the league and is established and has experience. I think Judon's really the, the only one in this class that I can see making an effort to move contract around for. I mean, that said, uh, quick, your take on, on Von Miller. I don't think 
he'd really be an option for this team. I would love it just for the fact that it would be awesome to see uh, Vaughn Miller go to Kansas City and potentially win a ring a la Neil Smith <laughs> years ago. Uh, but I can't imagine he would come to Kansas City and I can't imagine Kansas City would want. Well, they may want him. But the problem is, is I don't know that the they can pay him what he's going to want. If he's going to come to Kansas City, it's only going to be on something that he's going to give them a team-friendly deal on so he can play with Mahomes. It's the only reason to come. Yeah, I, I think that's true for a lot of guys across the league. It may be for Judon as well. Um, clearly, uh, the discussion he had with, uh, with Tyron Matthew last year, I, I think that it's all a draw to come play, not only with Patrick, but mostly with Patrick. But you know, I think Tyron and Frank are a draw as well. So maybe that that can help um, pull something out. One it's guy possible. that I sorry. The other thing I would say on Judon though is he's been in those games. He has seen his QB, who is pretty good in his own right, uh, and Lamar Jackson get beat by Mahomes consistently. So yeah, that could definitely play in the factor as well. That's for sure. Um, and, and one other guy that I want to mention, although I don't think that he fits this role, I, I don't think Hassan Reddick is a designated pass rusher, but he did get a lot done this last season. Um, I, I think they'll probably try to bring him back in Arizona, but if not, might be worth exploring there as well. As a guy, he's, that, always, he's always funny because he's been linked to Kansas City for how many years now? Right. Well, he almost got cut last year, and then all of a sudden he had like a career year. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting to see the way that this has all gone down. And, and at the end of the day, whatever they do, draft one of these free agents, somebody else, they just got to get past us across from Frank, and then they can get things done. You know, the big question, and this is something that Kansas City is going to have to figure out over the next couple of seasons, is if you're consistently going to be drafting at 32 or in the 30s, let's just put it that way, in the 30s, then you have to get so good at drafting Late, you cannot miss in your on your late first round picks. You have to be able to hit on those, or you have to be able to trade back and pick up more picks that you can hit on later. Because you're not going to get the blue chip talent that you could get early in the draft, and you're never going to have those early draft picks unless you're trading away players to get somebody else's pick. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. Now, there's another position that we're going to run down because there's going to be some change no matter what that we can see coming in 2020. We're going to talk tackles here coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now, last week we saw that. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I know. Unfortunately, we do. Because I think, honestly, this position is, it has to be the forefront. We heard about Mitch Absolutely. having uh, his surgery, right? And successfully so. And then we heard later over last weekend that um, some sources that, that Nate Taylor had said that they actually feel better about his chances to play now and that they feel that that may be 
a situation that they can move forward with, that's still not a done deal uh, because Fish is going to miss time. So you still need another tackle. And this is, I think, a unique opportunity. It's honestly happening a year before I thought it would. But you have two aging tackles you have to replace with young. This is a chance to get young at the position. And hopefully with guys that can play, there's nothing wrong with having three starting caliber tackles on your roster. If they're all on rookie contracts, I have no problem with that. And I think that might be an opportunity here because when you look at the rest of the guys currently signed that could play for Schwartz or Fisher, if if they're not able uh, to start the season, say, even if, if Mitch recovers quickly, um, just running them down, Martinez Rankin still listed as a tackle. I think we know that he's only played guard for the chiefs. I think that, that's probably okay at this point. Did he get some time in weeks at 17 at tackle? Yeah, I think he played left tackle in, in week 17. Okay, so they got to look at him. Clearly, I don't think that he, after his history that you can rely on that. Maybe if you feel that he can sub in for fish for long enough, maybe you do that. Then you have Niang, which is the question mark. And I know folks have been seeing some things on, on uh, YouTube from him um, working out with a trainer. That's good to see, too. We don't know if any of that actually applies. From from what I saw, it was techniques and things that don't necessarily work the way the Chiefs that work their offensive line. Uh, but he's got to be, I think, the heir apparent, at least right now, on the right-hand side, doesn't he? Maybe. Uh, and I say maybe because originally I think that they were playing and I'm playing in him at guard. Uh, at least that's kind of the way it sounded like. Uh, he was potentially looking at starting at guard last year before he opted out. So, I mean, potentially he could play tackle, but it's hard to say. Well, I think they were trying to find a way to get him onto the field is what that right. was. So I, I am thinking that it is uh, the long-term goal was to get him to right tackle as well. Uh, I hope that that's the way that works out, and I hope that we get a chance to see you know, where he comes into camp, hopefully in shape, ready to to learn, not just by book learning, but being on the field with some guys, that is... Do we have camp? Well, <laughs> there'll be a camp. I can guarantee you that. I don't think any of us will see it, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> Please, can we see camp? I would like to. Uh, the interesting part, though, is he's not alone. Yasha Durant is a guy that I, I think they they brought in probably more so than I thought put a lot of faith in him. He did play at right tackle. He did play at right guard. He's got snaps under his belt, and maybe they feel that they've seen enough from him to feel like they can get through uh, some action with him. I don't think it's a long-term fix. (laughs) You would be against that, eh? I just, maybe he will be better than what I saw, but I think he could play in this league. I just don't think he's ready yet, and I do not want to have him go out there with Mahomes and him not be ready. That's fair. Um, and of the games that he did play in, I think he got just under 100 snaps this last season. You know, it it didn't look great towards the end of the year against what I think was better competition. Um, his best game of the season uh, looked to be the Jets game, which nothing against Jordan Jenkins, but it's not the pass rushers in the AFC West. So I think you can read into that. And then the question mark for me is Prince Tegawanago, which is an interesting acquisition they made late in the season. Um, another guy with a ton of upside. He is obviously very young. Um, both Niang and Duran are 23. Uh, Prince Tegonaga is 24. Rank is 27. So he's, he's the older of all the, the option guys. Um, the interesting thing, when I go back to my draft board, 
<laughs> Niang and Wanago were literally right next to each other. I had them both as third rounders because of their injury histories. Um, but very much in terms of skill set and production, I found them to be fairly similar. And I, I think that's kind of interesting now that they might both be somebody that the Chiefs have to take a good, hard look at. Yeah, definitely. And I think that this is a position that you could definitely argue that Kansas is also going to be looking to improve in the draft. Um, you know, we can look at free agents and see if there's anybody out there that they could bring in. But, you know, the big key and, and the thing that is not good for us uh, in our position of, of trying to talk about this roster and what they're going to do is we don't know anything about Mitchell Schwartz that hasn't been said in the media. And the team knows so much more than we know about Schwartz and where he's at and if he's going to be able to play in 2021 or if he's going to be done. And that's a huge key. If he's able to play, then that completely changes what they're going to do with the roster, one, in cap, and two, what they have to do with the right tackle position. But the other problem it, it could create is if you assume he's going to play in 2021 and get you back to where he was, what happens if he's only able to go half the season? Yeah, You have to have somebody back there. And if Niang comes back this year, then maybe he gives you that. But that's a big question mark, too. Yeah, I agree. And that brings us to one Mike Remmers. I've seen speculation about bringing him back as as the backup again. Um, I think possibly as a backup, that could work. But clearly, if you're pressed into using him again, we saw what the result was. I don't think that's fair. Okay. Not at left tackle. Okay. I, I, I don't think it's fair to judge him based on one game at left tackle where he's going up against one of the best, one of the better defensive ends in the NFL after playing right tackle all season. If he is pressed into playing at right tackle and stepping in and uh, you know being a utility offensive lineman, I think he's fantastic, and I think he would be a great addition to bring back to this team. All that being said, if he is your starter at right tackle, I wouldn't be as happy with that, but I think I would still be okay with that. I think he played well enough at right tackle to be okay. Is it a long-term fix? No, but if you have to limp through the season again, I think he is serviceable, and I think he could get you through the season and you'd be okay at right tackle. I think he's shown he could play that well. That, that's That's a fair point, but that brings me to the question of, in terms of roster building, is it okay to have... Uh, another backup that is right tackle designated, only not a swing tackle. I'm not saying he's right tackle designated only, although I see what your question is for me. Rimmers played guard as well. I think he can play three positions on this line. I think he, he can play left tackle in a pinch. I don't think you want him starting there on a long-term basis, but I think he could play it in a pinch. I think Niang is going to be your swing tackle. Okay. For me, I bring Rimmers back because I think he gave you enough and he showed you if he can play. I think if you can get him on a cheap deal like what you had him this year, he is well worth bringing back. Yeah, the cost basis alone, I, I can agree with you there. I think the problem that I see is that Niang and Durant are both guys that played on the right. And Niang has only ever played on the right. So calling him a swing, I think, is a stretch, especially because they haven't worked with him yet. But... That said, like you said, maybe this is a draft priority and they just go out and get somebody in this draft that they feel can step in and start for Fish. Maybe, you know, let him back to the starting lineup when he's healthy and then maybe they're the long-term future. It's hard to know. They've got a lot of questions and we've talked specifically about right a lot already. You know, left is really the bigger question. 
I really don't know what they're going to do with that position because, yeah, I mean, they have Rankin and they have Durant behind Fisher, but uh, Fisher isn't playing this year. And, I, you know, people keep thinking that maybe he'll be back midway through the season. I can't imagine he plays. Even if they make it to the playoffs, I can't imagine he plays before the AFC Championship game if they make it that far. I just – I can't see it. And the the bigger question is, is if you know he's not going to play that, you know, how, what are you going to do with his contract? you got to do something. Yeah, and that's true. I, I I would hope that he'd be back, you know, week 10-ish. Week, I'd love to see week 8, but I don't think that's that's viable. But, um, everybody's a little bit different in the way that they recover. And I know linemen take longer, but you never know. I I won't count fish out, so I'll put it that way. Well, but at 30 years old. Yeah. And with the way he plays, and that's the bigger thing for me, is not necessarily the position. It's more of the way he plays. Mm-hmm. He plays out in space so much, and I know that sounds weird for a tackle, but he does. Yeah. He And he gets out in front, and he blocks, and he runs downfield. I mean, he was one of the guys blocking on McCall Hardman's big end around, I think, in the AFC Championship game. Yep. And he was, what, 20, 30 yards downfield. Well, and that's the thing is they also want to just – they want tackles that they can leave on islands. Right. You have to be athletic and comfortable out there, and I think that's also the big stretch, so – they definitely, I think, I'm leaning towards draft myself. I think they may be, but we're just going to have to see how that comes down. And I think maybe we'll have an idea about a free agent or we could look at as a possible backup, but I don't know that there's much out there. We're going to touch on that tomorrow, and we're going to get into a draft primer as well. We appreciate you guys taking your time to be with us today. We're looking forward to this. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. And if you have something that you do want to hear about, make sure you throw it in those. And I'm very excited because we're going to talk a little bit of tackles free agent-wise tomorrow. And then we're going to begin our draft primer. I am pumped for the draft. Hope you guys are as well. Thanks for listening to everything we did today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.